Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Well, hey, Wendy. Hey, Mike. Today, I think we're going to talk about one of my personal favorite things. Ooh, what's that? That's ghost stories. Ghost stories. Yeah, I'm a big fan of ghost stories, especially uh, when ghost stories involve famous people. Ooh. Uh, Yeah, well, famous people are usually entertainers. I mean, for a lot, they're entertainers. And uh, entertainers work in theaters. And theaters happen to be the most haunted places of all. At least the places with the most haunted stories. And they're also the scariest places when it's after hours. <laughs> yeah, dark. no, it is. It is scary when it's after hours because big cavernous spaces and and it's supposed to because uh, theaters are supposed to have uh, people in them. You know, that's that's what they're designed to do. And so when it when they're empty, when a venue is empty, it feels wrong because there's right, should be yeah. somewhere there should be someone in there performing. And I think that's why. Uh, that's why theaters are spooky places, and because so many people, like, you know, nobody lives in a theater. Well, I guess the Phantom of the Opera lived in a theater, <laughs> right. uh, but nobody actually lives in the theater, so uh, it, they just have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people or millions of people, if it's an old enough theater uh, over the years, will come through it. And because so many people come through it, and because so many people are, are passionate um, about their work and their art and performance and things like that. It that's the place where uh well that's that's the place where ghosts tend to stay, or at least stories get to be told. Cool. So uh and and you know, some of the uh some of the famous rock star ghosts we'll be talking about today, um, they they share the classic examples of a uh of a ghost story. So a ghost story usually it's it's not always you know ghost stories don't usually come from like oh the guy died peacefully in his sleep yeah right and and now he just comes by every once in a while to say hi there are stories like that but ghost stories usually involve some kind of drama an unrequited love yeah tragedy or or an untimely end Mm. and so uh a lot of i mean a lot of rock stars that's how they went you know untimely ends that's um, right, yes. People that went before their time, that went before they, they were finished with the kind of stuff that they uh, they wanted to do in this life. And uh, so that's that's kind of what we want to talk about a little bit today, about uh, famous rock star ghosts and uh, the ones that are coming back. So um, you mean like all the Elvises that are spotted everywhere? Yes. I mean, we uh, Elvis is definitely... Um, one of the guys <laughs> who, I mean, they, pe- that was the first one that came to my mind because I'm, I'm thinking like, how many people have you heard report they've seen Elvis or they've, you know, seen a likeness to Elvis yeah. that wasn't an impersonator necessarily, <laughs> right? And and people really thought that he faked his death. You know, people thought that Elvis Presley, faked, they still do, yeah, they, that that he faked his death. Um, they even made there's a great movie called Baba Hotep. Have you seen Baba Hotep? I have not seen that. Uh, well, in Bubba Hotep, Bruce Campbell plays Elvis, 
that oh, man that switched <laughs> um so he switched his life with an impersonator sometime in the early 70s and then he went off to go live a normal life and the impersonator oh, took, cool. took over that's his, awesome took over his life and then, that's a fun concept yeah and so then in the movie um it's elvis at an old folks home <laughs> uh Gosh. and then and then he all he pals around with um an older guy that says that he's john f kennedy but it's funny because it's an older, it's a black actor. It's Ozzy Davis, uh, an old guy playing a guy who says, "Oh, I'm John F. Kennedy." So it's John F. Kennedy and Elvis in an old folks' home um, when they're dealing with a mummy that's coming around and, and killing the old people. So it, wow. it's, a, it's a great movie on the idea that Elvis faked his death. Okay, uh, and so that's highly, highly recommended. Uh, written another by one a, for my Netflix queue. Yes, I think it's on. It's written by a Texas author named Joe uh, Lansdale. And Joe Lansdale's books and his stories are all full of interesting characters, and there's horror and there's sometimes supernatural stuff. It's just a lot of fun. Um, so, I mean, the different places that people say they've seen Elvis's ghosts are uh, number one in Graceland. Graceland's the big, you know, naturally the big place uh, where people uh, say they they see his ghost, and um, you know, people have said that. Uh, They've witnessed him boarding an airplane, and they saw him in airports and things oh, like wow, that. Oh, wow. That's so, cool. So, I mean, there's an interesting article uh, that we can link to in the show notes uh, in, a, in a magazine called The Skeptical Inquirer. Now, The Skeptical Inquirer is a magazine from the Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal. Whoa. And uh, it was started by James the Amazing Randy. Uh <laughs> who uh, was a magician and a mesmerist and, and did a whole bunch of kind of... Um, he's a very famous skeptic. So he put together a million-dollar challenge for anyone that can actually show him evidence of paranormal activity. Is James the Kind of like Houdini, right? huh? Yeah. Kind of in that he's a total debunker. And uh, an interesting guy and stuff, and uh, famous, very famous uh, debu- uh, debunker of paranormal claims. Back in this, back in the seventies, he used to have a challenges on like the Tonight Show with a, a Israeli psychic named Uri Geller, who would bend spoons with his I mind. I remember him. Yeah, right. He bends spoons with his mind, and James the Amazing Randy would try to find ways to you know prove his claims, and because if he could prove the fact that he could move the spoon with his mind then he'd get a million dollars um which hey that seems which would seem to be easy given that you know he does it all the time and (laughs) right but like he had very uh, very public shaming you know he couldn't bend the spoon inside the conditions of the the challenge okay so he could do it when it was when he was performing for the audience um Anyway, that's just a little little background on, on some places where they've been talking about debunking Elvis ghost stories and, and yeah. Elvis sightings uh, from the, the Skeptical Inquirer magazine. So here's part of the one of the good debunkings and one a very interesting. There's a woman named Dorothy Sherry who was a housewife who said she was a psychic go-between for Elvis. Whoa. And she told she told her story to a uh, ghost uh, story author by the name of Hans Holzer. And in the, in the story, he says, well, she never met Elvis Presley. She never went to his concerts, didn't collect his records, or even considered herself a fan. But 
he said in the book that she had evidence that she still communicated with him through astral projection and 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 on a different plane of existence. Okay. Um, he she said that Elvis told her that he had known her in a previous life and that she'd been married to them. Uh, and then she went astral traveling with the king practically night after night. Wow. Yeah, right? So you, you love the fact um, that she made it into a book. Like, she's like, yeah, I, I, I travel with the king or whatever. Um, but they kind of debunk it. And when they got more into it, uh, you know, some of the evidence that they used that um, she she told people that, uh, well, Elvis, you know, told her that his mother had a drinking problem, a fact that was never publicized, mm. um, even though that wasn't really a, a big secret or anything like that. And yeah. uh, and then the guy who wrote it, you know, eventually came and he was kind of like, well, um, I was kind of wrong that she wasn't really a fan of Elvis. She ended up being kind of obsessed with him. <laughs> so it's like, wow, really? No, no way. I can't believe it. Um, yeah. How shocking. Yeah, and and there was several reports of Elvis being seen at the Las Vegas Hilton, like the, oh, right. the ghost at the Hilton, and um, so the, the 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 guy who wrote the story, the Skeptical Inquirer story, he went to the Las Vegas Hilton and he, and he talked to uh, one of the managers there, somebody who'd worked there for over thirty years, and um, her father, uh, she'd never met him, but her father had had worked there, and uh, Elvis gave his her father a Cadillac, so. Some, I mean, first of all, that's a nice gift to get. Like, I'll take a Cadillac, you know, from the king. Yeah, really. She said that, you know, she'd never seen the the spirit of him or had, you know, any any kind of okay. non-sensationalized reports. You know, it wasn't like yeah. people would just be like, hey, I, I, I saw Elvis in room 237 today. And she, you know, she wasn't. Right. She didn't have anything like well, that. So Las Vegas. I mean, you got to think there's got to be tons of, especially like with Sinatra and the Rat Pack and... Oh, yeah. Um, and the gangsters and stuff and all the kind of right. things that they did. So, I mean, Las Vegas, um, we'll have to get a Las Vegas ghost story episode. That would be really fun because I've heard, well, there's tons of things. They have that whole haunted tour there where they talk about all the different ghosts. But um, I haven't done it yet and I hope to. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. Uh, so, this is one of my favorite ghost stories and it it actually relates to um, one of our favorite movies, yeah. Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? You're, you're going to call Ghostbusters. Now, <laughs> so Dan Aykroyd um, bought the Los Angeles home of Mama Cass from the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, wow. And he said that uh, he was convinced that her spirit still is around the place. That she moved jewelry around the house. She turns his stairmaster on and off. So he claims, yeah, Mama Cast is messing with the stairmaster. Oh man! And he said that she even climbed into bed with him one time. What? Okay, that's just uh, that's the kind of thing that would that would make me sell the house right. immediately. So, and he said that he, like, he, he said it had to be her because he knew it was a big ghost. <laughs> <laughs> you know the moving the belongings around and that it's okay that would freak me out i admit mm-hmm. like that would be really scary but i mean feeling somebody get into bed with you like that would be a little <laughs> bit much for me i'd be out of that bed i would not sleep in it again i would probably sleep on the couch until i could sell the place i don't know well i wonder if that's his inspiration so um there's a deleted scene in ghostbusters that you only see parts of in a montage sequence and Ooh. it's where 
uh, Dan Aykroyd. Mama Cass jumps in and starts, <laughs> Mama Cass comes starts busting ghosts. Well, uh, a ghost does get into bed with Dan Aykroyd in, in the montage scene, and you see, uh, you see her unzip his pants. Okay? <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> and so the deleted scene is that um, they were uh, at some fort that had old... Uh, that had old costumes and, and old, old uniforms. And Dan Aykroyd's character puts on one of the uniforms, walks around, looks at himself in the mirror and stuff like that. And then, so Dan Aykroyd tries on the uniform and everything, falls asleep in the bed. And um, then the ghost comes to him, unzips his pants. He gets kind of scared or whatever. Uh, and then Winston comes by the door and is like, hey, is everything all right in there? You know? And Dan Aykroyd, once he sees it, the ghost is gonna, he's gonna get freaky with the ghost. Um, <laughs> then he's like, oh yeah. And then Winston walks away and that's the joke. So I wonder if that was inspired <laughs> by, by uh, the Mama Cass by ghost visit. Mama Cass sneaking into his bed. That's pretty awesome. I mean, if, if, if one creative artist can, can cause inspiration in another and that results in something tons of people laugh at i mean that's great <laughs> or enjoy but i think it's funny he said he knew it was a big ghost He's, that's come on right, that's a little cruel but but then turned to stairmaster on and off but, so like mama Cass didn't want him exercising or something i don't you know i don't know i'm impressed that he has a stairmaster yeah you you can't tell <laughs> um but no, I, I, I thought that was a great joke as a, as that, uh, you know, and Dan Aykroyd is a, he's a, he's into the paranormal. His dad was into the paranormal. Uh, I heard, really? uh, yeah, I heard an interview with him on coast. Mm. His brother, Peter Aykroyd is like a parapsychologist too. Oh, okay. And cool. So, so their family is very, yeah, they're really, like, like your family. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, except his dad's probably less like my dad. When I tell my dad a story, he's like, oh yeah, that's BS. Um, <laughs> You know, his, his dad might be well, a little more into the, you know, might believe it a little more. But my my father's a science teacher, so he requires extraordinary uh, proof. Yes, evidence. For That's anything. fair. You know, you got to question things. That's what we do. Yep, that is exactly what we do. Um, and and so going back to more, you know, we're going back to more '60s ghosts and stuff. We've got, uh, you know, Jim Morrison, who we talked mm. about in the Twenty Seven Club. Yeah. Remember when we saw his pants at the um, Hard Rock Cafe in Hollywood? Yeah, that was pretty sweet. They're like framed. I wonder if he, he ever goes back there as a ghost and... Tries them on. He should. <laughs> Runs around he the should. place at night. Well, but where, know, So where, where has, his, has his ghost been seen? Well, um, the, the halls of the Sunset Sound Studios in Hollywood. So he wouldn't be that far from the Hard Rock to, to grab the pants before he comes by. Yeah. And... Um, the studios are still active today, and one of the bands that recorded there in uh, 2007 talked about strange occurrences of lights flipping on and off, instruments going out of tune, and knobs being turned by an unseen hand, which I think if Jim Morrison wanted to help me yeah. produce a record, I'd be like, I'll take your... Like, if he turns... like he, If he's like, the bass <laughs> is too loud, it'd be like, well, the Lizard King said the bass is too loud, so I think we're good. Well, I think as a ghost, that would be a really fun prank. Like when people are, you know, recording in the middle of the night and they're all tight. Like, you know how you get to that point where you're, you're kind of, you're questioning every little thing and you just go in there and start messing with knobs. Like, oh man, that'd be great. That'd be hilarious. You could drive people insane. Well, you know how they have flying faders on uh, mix, you know, on mixing boards and stuff? 
moved the, by the faders that that like yeah what if the, the computer moves ghosts, them yeah it was what if they hired ghosts to actually do that that would be amazing um, be, you know be more fun than the computer did it but so ray manzarek the keyboardist from definitely the um he said that jim morrison came to visit him and robbie krieger who was a guitar player in their dreams and uh, they weren't surprised on it because Jim always had a fascination with the spirit world. But he said that um, hmm. Jim came back from France and he accomplished what he went there to do, which was to not be a rock star anymore. He wanted to get out okay. of that lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, they just, you know, they were talking about working on new material in the dream. Oh, it's so boring, but, but <laughs> it's nice. But then Ray woke up and... Uh, he told Robbie Manzarek, I'm sorry, he told Robbie Krieger, the guitar player, about the dream. And uh, Robbie said he had the exact same one. That so, is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. So, uh, dreams, Jim Morrison can come to you in your dreams. <laughs> so, uh, you ever heard the song Werewolves of London? Of course. Right. Oh. Oh. Right. <laughs> so, Billy Bob Thornton, he's a He's a musician as well. He's got a band called the Box Masters. Uh-huh. And uh, he has a recording studio in his basement that was used as recording for Warren Zevon, The Ventures, and even Slash has used his recording studio. But the, they call it the cave, and it used to be a speakeasy during the 1920s. And oh. sa- says that the, the spirit that haunts the cave is Warren Zevon, who died of cancer a few years back. Um, but uh, Warren Zevon uh, haunts the cave in a recording studio. Well, okay, so what does this have to do with Werewolves of London? Just nothing. Oh, okay. What? It just it's Warren, <laughs> Warren Warren Zevon is the guy that sang Werewolves of London. Oh, okay, gotcha. So the guy that I sang was, that, was, that was just his most he had other songs, Lawyers, Guns, and Money is another big one. He was oh, always yeah. to be on David Letterman all the time. But uh, Warren Zevon is the ghost that appears in the cave. Ah, so that, that makes sense then. Yes. The cave, that sounds so cool and scary already. Well, in, in doing some of the research for, for this story, they're talking about haunted recording studios, okay? And this is on a, a, a blog for uh, something called Tribute Apparel, um, where they go into some of these that I was looking in and I've got like 10 windows open right now. But the great <laughs> thing is that there's be a... cold in there. And we'll put a link to it, but the story... Under the story about the cave is about Access Recording Studio. Really? Access Recording Studio, that's right. We're familiar with that. Yeah, that's where we recorded Scott Bakula and um, Heidegger Paradox in Access that's Recording right. Studio with yeah. Benny Molavolte. That's, I know. I, we might even have some footage from I think from we that. do. I think we do. Have to check and see. But, um, I think the studios moved now because they said it's in Heartland, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. And we recorded it was in West Dallas. Right. And I, that building was pretty yeah, it was old, old and I could see, yeah, it was weird and, and definitely like strange, but <laughs> had a strange feeling to it. They go on, they, they talked to Vinny Molavolte and it says the studio owner, Mr. Molavolte, has gone on the record saying that late at night you can hear doors creaking, someone walking upstairs and sounds moving around in the kitchen. These are not any ghosts, though. If you do not show fear, they get bored with their haunting and leave. He says, there's, "Oh gosh, there's that's even creepy." Been a heartbeat caught on a recording done in the studio. So Vinny's recorded a ghostly heartbeat. At so the studio. 
That's awesome, first of all. Second of all, so if they don't, if you do show fear, <laughs> do they stick around and try to like scare you away or what's the i don't know i mean maybe they move the knobs or something like that but i think we should we talk should we should him. talk to Vinny about it sometime yeah definitely i'm gonna talk to him a long time no, so it'd be really fun time, but nice guy <laughs> and anyway but i was just excited that access recording studios was on the haunted that's very you know, exciting <laughs> the haunted studio uh list and I, I thought that was really fun for all we know there could be ghosts in the background somewhere on our uh, recordings yeah oh that yeah, I, I, I definitely think uh, I can blame most of my um, most of my mistakes on the ghosts that were uh, in, nice. the, in the recordings. Great. Um, so as as far as some other famous ones, uh, let's we can go a little more modern here to talk about um, Kurt Cobain. We also talked about in twenty seven. That's Club. right. Yes. So. Um, so uh, just outside the home where Kurt died, uh, there's a park bench. It's a place called Veretta Park. And uh, Kurt Cobain admirers and followers and stuff, you know, they leave behind messages and go to the bench there. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a place, you know, like think about Jim Morrison's grave and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, you go there and you f- reflect upon the life and you it's kind of like paying your respects. Or- mm-hmm. It's like that guy that uh, leaves a, a rose on uh, Edgar Allan Poe's grave. That's there's, right. There's a mystery person that leaves a, a rose in Edgar Allan Poe's grave every uh, every so anniversary cool. of his birthday in Baltimore. And I always thought that was a fun story. But um, many of the people who who go there, who go to this park bench, they say they can see the ghost of Kurt Cobain lingering near the bench and, and hanging around the park. Hmm. So that he interesting he, he still creeps around the area where people yeah. come to respect him. That makes sense. Um, they sent a. a they had a ghost hunting team went out there and investigated it. Uh, and there's the team psychic said she uncovered vibes from the wood of the park bench. And I have no idea what that means, but ghostly vibes from wood. Uh, I guess you I'll tell you tell what, them. if you're psychic, you can do almost anything. Somebody should make a guitar out of that. I bet it would sound amazing. Oh, that's a great idea. A haunted <laughs> guitar, like Kurt yeah. Cobain's haunted with um, the vibes of Kurt Cobain, I mean, think about what kind of songs could be written using that. Yeah, you could write some sweet music with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a woman in Essex, England. She claimed that Kurt Cobain haunted her laptop computer for a while, pleading for, <laughs> pleading for help and demanding she give him a kiss. And then once she kissed the laptop, it stopped working. Oh my gosh. So Okay, that sounds at first at first glance that sounds really stupid and fake. And then when you actually think about it, when you imagine a spirit like, hey, I might be able to reach somebody through here. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And a little scary. Yeah, no, I mean, that's weird. Like it just instead like, oh yeah. Very weird. Kirk Cobain haunted my laptop. Like that's uh Kirk Cobain haunted my laptop would be a good title for a website. Well, you know, you think about like a lot of ghosts are really old type ghosts, like Civil War. You know, there's mm-hmm. a, many places that have that type of people from the older times, times of yore. Yeah, it's um, the old time you land. But, you know, there's there's ghosts now that lived during the time of this modern age and had smartphones and laptops. And so it's not that outrageous to think that they might try to use that medium to contact yeah. people or to at least, you know, make them themselves known or something. <laughs> well, ghosts using the telephone is something that, you know, people have said they have happened. Right. 
Yeah. And, um, so anyway, I just that's that's something I hadn't really thought too much about before. So uh, right, if if you were, I mean, I I don't know if Kurt Cobain ever used a laptop. I mean, 1994 is a while ago, but I would say um, that would be he's a weird guy. That'd be something he right. might do. He might be like, I'm just gonna mess with this chick and give it a shot. Why not? Right. Uh, Cor- <laughs> Courtney Love herself said, uh, "I'm not Kurt. I have to live with his BS and his ghost and his kid every day." So, I mean, she could have been I'm sure, I mean, but she she could have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it could be the guilt over having him killed. Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey. No, um, but, you know, people also, you know, people also said that Kurt Cobain faked his death. That was another right. thing. I mean, but if you've seen the, uh, because he hated fame and he wasn't comfortable with it and things like that, and he was. Like, he wanted the escape just like Elvis, supposedly, right. for those who believe that he faked his. But they've shown his, uh. They they showed the Kirk. I mean, you can like find Kirk, Kirk Cobain's uh the like the the suicide scene pictures on the internet. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would fake in a horror movie. You know, it's yeah. So I I don't not, I don't think he makes that good. But I mean, as far as newer artists or people who have died recently. Oh yeah, yeah. Whitney Houston. Oh, she's the, people have spotted her ghost. Well, um, her mother. Uh, Sissy Houston uh, says her doorbell has been ringing mysteriously since Whitney died. Oh, that's so sad. But um, she said that she's not scared about it. She's okay. taking comfort because it's her daughter. Kind of, except it's like, let me in, let me back in. You know, like that's what it makes me think of. Not, oh, not just that, like a hello ring. Maybe that's negative. I don't know. That's like the monkey's paw. That's the story of the monkey's paw where the... In the right. end, the dead son comes back to life, and it's scary because you hear the knock on the door. Um, but that, you know, Whitney coming back and, and trying to get back in. Mm. But uh, So Sissy wrote a letter about it, and the letter reads, On Saturday, before I found out about your transition, my doorbell rang. I called the concierge to tell him someone was ringing my doorbell. He checked the cameras and told me no one was there. You promised me you were coming to spend time with me after the Grammys. I believe the spirits allowed you to come after all. Wow. So, uh, yeah. It's possible. I mean, she left the world and didn't have an opportunity to say bye to people. It was one of those shocking, you know. Well, and that's the thing. That's what goes. <laughs> Unexpected. Like, that's the unfinished business. Right. And uh, Whitney might have felt that she needed to finish some business with her mom and uh, rang the doorbell, which yeah. it looks like she had the correct effect on her mother. Um, And then... Amy Winehouse. Oh, yes. Another 27 Another Club. Our... The 27 right. Club, there's plenty of ghost uh, stories about them. Now, Amy Winehouse, I mean, died in 2000, uh, 2011. She was having a rough time with alcohol, drugs, a variety of different substances that she had an issue with. But one of her close friends um, was a famous UK musician, not really known that much here in the US, but a guy named Pete Doherty, where he's probably most famous here. He's in a band called the Libertines. And he's in a band called Baby Shambles. And he also uh, used to go with supermodel Kate Moss. Okay. And so, um, you know, another guy living the celebrity lifestyle. Right. But um, he uh, was telling his friends that he is convinced that Amy Winehouse is haunting his flat. And that he had to actually uh, flee to Paris to escape Amy Winehouse haunting his flat. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Right. And, uh, no, um, 
He said he saw her ghostly images in his bedroom, and sometimes he could see her reflection in his windows late at night. Oh, goodness. And so he's just too frightened to return. And of course, the first, you know, the first thing people said was, this is a guy who's known to indulge in substances. And uh, yeah, the imagination when enhanced by certain. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mind alterations. Yeah. So he gets in. Come up with things like that. Parties a little bit too hard and sees Amy Winehouse. I think I've done that. (laughs) Um, But uh, he, he. Said he was clean and sober and stuff like that. So he really, uh, he really was uh, hmm. convinced that Amy Winehouse was uh, still stalking him after yeah. death. So wow, yeah. Well, well I, was, I mean, that's a lot of like you were saying the Twenty Seven Club. Those those lives all kind of ended suddenly and tragically. And so maybe they they had unfinished business and or things l- left here to. To do so. Yeah, that's right. Well, more on the 27 Club. This guy didn't quite make the 27 Club. He made the 26 Club, which is not as famous as the 27 Club. (laughs) But his name was Graham Parsons. Okay. And uh, Graham Parsons was a musician. He's big in the country rock scene in the early 70s in California. Okay. He was in a band called the Flying Burrito Brothers, and he worked with Emmylou Harris often. And uh, he he was a pretty hard partying guy. Um, he hung out with his manager and best friend named Philip Kaufman, and they'd go to a place in California desert called Joshua Tree National Park. Okay. And they would drop acid and other kind of hallucinogens, and they'd look, they'd look for UFOs. Okay. In the Joshua Tree National Park. Yeah. Sounds like a good place to look for them. Yeah, I think so. And, and once they were out there, um, Graham Parsons told his manager, Phil Kaufman, he said when he died... He wanted his friends to take his body out to the Joshua Tree and, and burn him there on a, on a funeral oh, pyre. Man. Not that day, but when he died. Yeah. So he wanted okay. to be cremated so wishes. In, at Joshua Tree National Park. And so in 1973, uh, he died at the Joshua Tree Inn, uh, which was a, a hotel by the park. And it was an OD. He was doing morphine mm. and alcohol. Oh, uh, yeah, opiates. Um, not a good idea. That that's that's something we've seemed to discuss a lot. On I know show, it's like I've I've I'm ever more aware of of how dangerous those things are just from talking about all these people. I mean, it's crazy. It's like you know they're bad, but sheesh. Well, I mean, the the thing is, these uh, morphine, heroin, these things kill people when they're young, and that's right. the, that's the easiest way to OD. And uh, Graham Parsons did it, and. His family requested that the body be shipped back to his home in Louisiana. But Phil Kaufman stole his body from the airport, and then <laughs> drove him out, drove the body out to the desert and burned to it. make his wish. Yeah. I wow, mean, they, that's they made, dedication. They made a movie about this too. With that's Johnny a Knox. good friend. That is a good friend. That's a, it's a really, really nice guy. Uh, I mean, that's, who's going to do your wishes? Hardcore. Who's going to steal your body from LAX? <laughs> And drive wow. it out to the desert. But the thing is, the people at the Joshua Tree Inn say that they've seen apparitions of Parsons still in, in room eight where he died. And uh, tourists can rent the room for the night. And on the Joshua Tree Inn's reservation uh, page, it, it says, room eight is haunted. Bring your guitar and write songs. Uh, so that's a fun uh... thing. So you can stay at the Joshua Tree Inn in the room that Graham Parsons died in. I don't think I'd sleep very well. 
in that room? No. I when you're sleeping in like in a room that people say is haunted, it gets like I can't Or that you know somebody someone, you know, passed away in that room. It's just Yeah. My mind would perhaps get to me a bit. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) I um so I've stayed in several places that people say are haunted and stuff. And I, I can't sleep. Like I'm keeping my <laughs> eyes out and things like that. I'm looking around. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. every, every little bump. I'm like, oh, what's right. that? What was that? It's a ghost. Oh, I'm scared like a not. cat every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if people saw, you know, Graham Parsons. Um, but I, I just, oh, that's just such a great story that his buddy stole that his is, body and uh, honored his last crazy. wishes. And then it sounds like he's not that scary of a ghost. You know, if people just have seen him haunting the room, seen the apparition sometime, I mean, I would probably still be freaked out by it, but um, that would be yeah. a fun place. That'd be a place uh, we, we should write a song sometime, Wendy, and then we can yeah. play on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it would be fun to see what kind of, I mean, because you, you you go there, you know, the, the ad about musicians stay overnight and write a song, whatever. Mm-hmm. When your mind is terrified and <laughs> in that kind of state. Who knows what kind of things might pop out of it? it yeah, could what, be, what it kind could, of creativity? Yeah, his ghost might inspire you, but but it also might just be pushing your mind and yourself into a place that's uncomfortable or different from what you're used to. So you might, it might be worth it. No. I don't know. I think it sounds cool. I think it sounds cool. <laughs> um, you know, other famous ghosts that people have seen, but we don't have a, like very detailed stories on. Or uh, people say they seen John Lennon around the Dakota Dakota Hotel. And uh, where he was killed in New York, you know, people say that, you know, they, they've seen him around there. Uh, you know, Paul McCartney even said when they were recording, um, remember the Beatles anthology when that came out? Yeah. Beatles, it was a big deal, two days on TV, and then oh, releasing yeah, two, two unreleased Beatles songs for the first time in 25 years. Yeah. And so they, uh, they did a track called Free as a Bird. And... Um, so after they got done, they the you know the surviving members, uh, George Harrison obviously was still alive. So George, Ringo, and Paul go outside to take a take a photo, and then Paul says a white peacock wandered its way into the photo, and Paul said that it's spooky. It was like John was hanging around, and uh, the peacock was John, and that he that he felt that all through the recording. Um, and he also said that they put a backwards recording at the end of the song as a joke for the fans. You know, kind of like the, you know, yeah. the end of uh, Strawberry Fields is kind of right. all messed up. And so they, and they put a little backwards recording at the end. And Paul McCartney said he could hear the words John Lennon clearly in the backwards recording, even mm. though, the, you know, they didn't. They hadn't recorded that. Yeah. So pretty uh, cool. Yeah. So that's a, so Paul still thinks about John, you know. That's a neat way to show up, though. If you're if you're gonna try to you know visit the worldly, <laughs> yeah, showing up in an album, I think is a great idea. <laughs> like, hey guys, you go ahead and try to record without me. I'm still here, <laughs> and I'm gonna be on the album whether you like it or not. Right. <laughs> so that's um, cool. One last little ghost story, and I just wanted to say it because it's at a very famous place um, that I live right down the street from. Ooh. The First Avenue in Minneapolis. Yes. Which is great venue. Oh man, it's it, the sound in there is just it's it's a it's a really perfect way to see a concert, I think. And it's been around since 1970. And um well, the woman there uh that th- they claim to see is a blonde woman in a green jacket who supposedly hanged herself in the fifth stall 
of the of the women's bathroom. Oh my goodness. Sometimes she'll reveal herself still hanging to people when they go in the bathroom. Oh. Yeah, the woman in green. Okay, now I've been mortified before by venue bathrooms, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> They're some right. of the worst places I can imagine on, music, on the planet. Ve- music venue bathrooms are scary enough. Yeah, but I mean, can you just imagine going in there? <laughs> and seeing a hanging woman. No, 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 no. Let's, let's banish that thought from our minds. Yes. But isn't, isn't there a bathroom ghost in Harry Potter? Oh, yeah, I think there is. Yeah, you're right. It's like a girl that still hangs out in the bathroom. Yeah, I, I forgot was, about that. And I was kind of like, what, what was she doing in the men's bathroom? But didn't um, she use? I thought she used the the plumbing to like oh, get around. Oh yeah, that's right. That's, I don't know. I just it's when she's hanging out in the men's bathroom, I just thought that was weird. Like <laughs> alive or dead, uh, you probably shouldn't be in the other gender's bathroom. Just well, poking your head. You around. can, you can do it. Nobody knows, so <laughs> why not? That's right. Oh, I can't wait to be dead then. Um, oh gosh. So they also they also have a ghost by the name of Slippy, and Slippy makes sounds a, fun. makes a balloon appear and float up and down one of the staircases. That's awesome. So, I would love to see that. Slippy makes the ghostly balloon appear at the First Avenue. And um, he has a cute name. Yeah. Kind of like Slimer. Yeah, right. Slippy. <laughs> and then they also, you know, they also claim that some of the equipment malfunctions and, um, you know, are, are ghosts and spirits who are messing with the sound system and things like that. But we, we know mm-hmm. how things go at rock venues. Oh, yeah. So, Dude, I know. I don't know why it sounded so bad, um, man. It must have been the ghost. Th- yeah, it was it really, it was a ghost that uh, hates your band, man. Just, yeah. <laughs> the, the ghost hates your band. You should quit. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. Well, that's a, that, that's a pretty good. Yeah, those are interesting pretty stories. Pretty good roundup of just some, just some rock star ghost stories. We'll have some more. There's a, there's a great book about rock star ghost stories, um, and we'll link to that. In, okay, and I've read parts of it. I've read the whole thing yet, and um, uh, we'll link to that in the show notes because it's something that people should check out. The book about like yeah. haunted, it's haunted rock and roll. Okay, and so well, I we can probably do another entire episode because there's so many more ghosts and like you know venue. The venue thing is its own thing, but there's obviously a ton more. Um, oh, yeah. I remember in the Susan Messino's episode, she talked about a lot of those, and yeah, and she talked a little bit about Bon Scott and. And, and the Buddy Holly. Oh, yeah. So that was episode four, um, othersidepodcast.com slash four and or episode five. She's in both of those. So mm-hmm. if you want to hear some some really cool ghost, rock star ghost things Susan shared with us, I recommend it. I do, I do too. So. Great. Well, that was fun. Yeah. All right. And so- how about we... Uh, Shall we share another song with everybody? I think we should debut another track. Let's do right it. Here on See You on Their Side. Okay. And, and this one has something to do with it because the subtitle is The Secret Lies of Ghosts. That's right. And they can find the lyrics to the song and the link to the, uh, the MP3 at othersidepodcast.com slash 10. That's slash one zero. So you want to tell them a little about it, Mike? Well, the subtitle of this song is The Secret Lies of Ghosts. And it's just that, that feeling of, in, in a ghost story, that, that the spirit needs to finish something before he can move on. And in this song, the character is, uh, needs, needs to finish something with someone he loves so his story can be complete.
Great. Well, here's the song, Skeleton Key. I was a ghost without a story, a specter looking for a past. Waiting and just watching all these lives pass by so fast. I wrote a tale without a hero, I wrote a song without a tune. But our stories meet an ending, and I hope that ending's you. So hear my prayer, and let me know that you can see me there. Exercise, take my hand and let's go toward the light. For you're the skeleton key, set my spirit free. Tonight I was a grave without a headstone Wandering the earth forest Alone in a crowd As a soul that's dispossessed I was a murder without a body I was a crime without a scene But this done it needs a hoop And I hope you'll take my plea So hear my for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side.